Come on, let's give the Lord praise this morning. Come on, let's give Jesus praise this morning. I want you to uh, find a person, two persons down from you and tell them one day you'll look good as I. Two persons down from you. Make sure you tell them that one day Amen. Amen. Now let's give the Lord praise one more time. Amen. Come on, let's give him praise this morning. Hallelujah, Lord. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your presence this morning. Lord, without you, we can do nothing. Our trust is completely in you, Lord. So, Lord, I'm asking you this morning that you would help us, Lord, to see honor in a way that we've never seen it before. It's been my life journey, Lord, since I've been here at Metro. I'm asking, Father, that you would give me words that will articulate what's in your heart in this area. I'm asking, Lord, not just words, but your heart, your mind, your thoughts. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would release faith in our hearts this morning and we take authority in Jesus name over every bird of praise sent to intercept the word of God we take authority over every demon over every demonic structure over every demonic confederacy that has set itself to act as a barrier against the word of God we take authority over you in Jesus' name. We take authority over you in Jesus' name. And we command, we command in Jesus' name that every structure that supports dishonor will be torn down in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you right now, Lord. We thank you right now, Lord, that you would open up the heavens, Lord, among us today. And Lord, that you would give us a gift today. Lord, we ask you for this gift today. We thank you, Father, for the path to promotion. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise again. Amen. Come on, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I always um, try to... Um, there's protocol in the house of God. Amen. And 
The only reason I'm up here is because I'm sent. And because I'm sent, I believe the Lord has given me a word. But the person that God has placed as the head of this church, I was thinking about it this weekend, just spending time before the Lord. How the body of Christ has been impacted by his life, by the life of Bishop Johnson in ways that some of you don't even know. But you will know in the coming days. And so this whole month is about honor. And so this morning, i like for everyone to stand. Amen. And let's give the Lord praise for Bishop Johnson. Amen. Just bless him right now. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Man, I've been down memory lane these past couple days. Amen. And it's been quite a journey. It's been quite a journey. And, um, but before I start, I did, there were a couple things I felt like I'm supposed to say um, prophetically, and I just want to go ahead and, and say, say this. How many of you are called of God right now? How many of you are called of God? Okay. I just want to say the Lord says that if you're called or you are abiding in your calling, you're in a season of transition and preparation and transition is not a comfortable feeling because you don't know where you're landing you don't you it's it's uncomfortable and you're not you don't have words to articulate but you're in a season of transition and the lord is evaluating our preparation for more he's evaluating each and every one of us are under evaluation right now before the lord regarding more the issue from heaven right now is can you and I be trusted with more? Can we be trusted with more authority, more influence? Can we be trusted with more anointing? Can we be trusted with more resources? Because right now the heavens are literally bulging with overflow of resources right now. These next 12 to 18 months is about the release of hidden treasures and hidden, uh, hidden resources. Resources that we literally have not even dreamed of, but God wants to release that in this season. We're in a time of transition, a time of preparation. And I believe that in this time also the Lord is saying there's going to be some major migrations, migrations. There's going to be some major changes taking place in men and women's lives regarding jobs, regarding where you are. Some of you are going to experience the Joseph experience where you are rapidly uh, promoted. One day 
you're in one place and the next day you're in the other. But also I need to say this. We want to be, Bishop Johnson stood up here last week and he began to talk about what's supposed to be happening in this next upcoming season. And that we don't know the significance or we don't know everything that's coming. Just weekend, last weekend, Bishop Johnson spoke about things coming and now Israel is in war. Israel is in war. Some of you don't know how important this is. The next thing that has happened all this weekend, I kept feeling earthquakes. I just kept feeling earthquakes. I just kept feeling earthquakes and the feeling hasn't left me yet. But last night, there was an earthquake in Afghanistan. Now we're beginning to see abnormalities with, uh, with animals. Now Russia is talking about the possibility of using nuclear weapons regarding that situation over there. It's the nature of the times that we're living in. Just this morning, a thousand birds were found just dying in Chicago. And the Bible talks about these particular type things happening. You're going to see the Gulf Coast stir up like it's never stirred before with a threatening storm. And you're going to begin to see even demonstrations taking place in every state of this nation and even in other parts of this world. But the Lord is going to stand as the king of the flood. And a major stage is being drawn right now. And the Lord will be glorified. And he will be honored among the nations. And he will call forth a people, a harvest, such that the world has never seen before. So, prepare yourselves for the ride of your life. <coughs> prepare yourself for the ride of your life. Prepare yourself for the ride of your life. Don't be fearful. Don't be fearful. The Lord shares things ahead of time. Because we are the sons of Issachar discerning the times. And because we discern the times, we prepare ourselves for what's coming forth. Because we are discerners of the time. Because we are sons of Issachar. We're getting out of debt. We're getting out of debt. We are constructing plans, each and every one of you. You're not in a season of spending. And some of you need to understand this. If you will put together a plan and if you are tithing and giving, the Lord is going to get on the boat with you and help you get out of debt. Okay, I'm gonna, I don't want to 
going to go down that road. Okay. So anyway, we have some things coming forth at Metro. Um, on October the 21st, we have, uh, we're going to be celebrating, and we are celebrating, uh, breast cancer mental health awareness. We're going to be doing a walk on October the 21st. Starts uh, at Cohen Park at AM. And Minister T is actually the head person for this event. And so we want you to participate. And you're going to probably hear some more about this today. But I'm supposed to let you know that this is forthcoming. Also, next weekend, we are celebrating the homegoing of Sherry Armstrong. And that will take place next Saturday, October the 14th at 1 p.m. How many of you know she's with the Lord? How many of you know she's with the Lord? And she's up there making, she's making heaven laugh right now. Amen. But anyway, I wanted to make sure you get this information. The name of this message is The Way of Promotion. Let's watch this clip. I will, in the interest of thoroughness, make arrangements for you to demonstrate your contention. Here, sir. Now. Son, step aside or I'll have to crack you right in the jaw. Senior Chief Bashir, I hardly think that this is the appropriate venue. I want them all to see, sir. That makes, sir, I completely concur with your assessment. These slippery floors alone prohibit such a demonstration, sir. Chief Sunday, haven't you had enough trouble in your career? Your advice is as unwelcome as your presence. Who is this man? Chief Leslie W. Sunday, sir. You swam out of the St. Lord. They take off. Held your breath for four minutes. Five, sir. <laughs> he can stay. Fine. Irrelevant. Gentlemen, sirs, returning to the issue at hand. This is not the time or place for Senior Chief Pursh... Excuse me, Senior Chief, is there a problem? Captain Hanks, I have spent most of my life in the Navy trying only to succeed. However, my quest has come at a great personal loss to those who love me. They too have made sacrifices. They too have endured great pains to support me. If I walk these 12 steps today, reinstate me to active duty. Give me my career back. Let me finish it and go home in peace. Senior Chief Brashear, the business of the modern Navy. Forgive me, sir, but to me, the Navy is not a business. We have many traditions. In my career, I've experienced most of them, some good, some bad. However, I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for our greatest tradition of all. And which one is that? Honor, sir. Get on with it, Senior Chief. Leslie? 
the leg you got off. My walking leg. Leslie. My dad's name. Got a problem with that? Oh, no. No problem at all. Duty, gonna snap like a matchstick. Not if I keep my weight on my good leg. 290 pounds on one leg. You'll be passed out by the sixth step. Tenders, at the diver. And if I recall the Navy regulation manual correctly, the diver may be helped to his feet. This is a lot of brass to slang up from a seated position, sir. It's spun copper, Chief. We haven't used brass in a decade. And the new manual states the diver must rise unassisted. That's what it says in the new book, sir? If I may ask, Captain, how would you know? I wrote it. Yes, sir. Navy diver, stand up. Square that rig and approach the rail. Stand down. Diver, you will disregard. This is my Admiral. detail. God damn it, Cookie. Move your ass. I want my 12. Up. If it's in the way, he moves it. Eleven. 
If he's lucky, he will die young 200 feet beneath the waves, for that is the closest he will ever get to being a hero. Hell, I don't know why anybody would want to be a Navy diver. <laughs> now you report to this line, Cookie. The United States Navy proudly reinstates Senior Chief and Diver Carl Brashear to full active duty. anything a day in his life. We saw a picture of the intangible honor, the power of honor. Why is honor so important? The Bible says the son is glorified by the father and the father, God is glorified by the son. And Jesus said, and the Holy Spirit shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. The son is honored by the father and the father is honored by the son. And Jesus says, the Holy Spirit shall honor me. He shall glorify me. Honor is what holds the Trinity together. Amen. Honor, they call it perichoresis. It talks about this eternal dance between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, self-giving love relationship, this mutuality among the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that's based on honor. And then we read in the book of Revelations, the fifth chapter, and it says, And I heard every creature in heaven 
and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessed and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Heaven is about honor. Heaven it is literally held together by honor. The angelic host, their array is based on honor. In fact, the Bible says there are 12, um, 24 elders night and day take off their crowns and they honor him. The Bible talks about this sea of heavenly beings on crystal glass while he who sits on the throne is like fire from the, from the waist down and from the waist up and all earth glorifies him. Honor is heaven's language. The protocol God established for life on earth. The protocol of honor is one of the mysteries of the kingdom of God that gives you and I access to possibilities in God that resides in man. So what are definitions of honor? One is elevation. Another definition, one that has public esteem. They, people of great reputation, credit that's due an individual based on their profession, one that is decorated by their office through ceremonial rites, individuals that have certain privileges conferred upon them in lieu of their anointing, authority, wisdom, and rank. Man. I looked at this, it said appreciation. And I remember we used to have appreciations that spoke of honoring our leader, Bishop Johnson. Another definition is esteem and favor, regard and respect. However, the opposite of honor is dishonor. You know what dishonor means? It means to treat as common. Dishonor means to bring that person that's, that's supposed to be honored, you bring them on your level. And soon you're going to find out how God feels about that. It means to treat as ordinary and many and say, hey, he puts on his pants just like I do. True honor is an outflow from a heart that reverentially fears God. I'm skipping some. But what amazed me, man, I was looking in the scriptures and looking at the life of Jesus. And so we find after Jesus endured temptation in Capernaum and Galilee, the Bible says, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit in Galilee. And a report about him went throughout all the surrounding countries and he counties of surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. 
And then the scripture says in Luke 4:38, and he rose and left the synagogue, entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever. They appealed to him on her behalf, and he stood over her and he rebuked the fever and he left her. And then immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now, when the sun was setting, all those who had been sick with various diseases, all, every person that was sick, they were brought to him and he laid hands on every one of them and heal them and the demons also came out many crying you are the son of God but he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ and Luke 5 17 it says one day Jesus was teaching and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem and the scripture says, and the power of the Lord was present to perform healing. One version says, and the power of healing was literally emanating, flowing from him. Now this happened in Galilee and I mean, Jesus, was, man, he was moving. I mean, he was moving in some powerful ministry. But then we read in Mark, the sixth chapter, and Jesus went from there and came into his hometown. And his disciples followed him. And when Sabbath came, this is Mark, the sixth chapter, and he began to teach in the synagogue. And the many listeners were, were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? What is this wisdom given to him? And such miracles as these performed by his hands is not this the carpenter the son of Mary <coughs> and brother of James and and John Judah and Simon are not his sisters with us and they took offense at Jesus and Jesus said to them a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his own relatives and in his own households he could do no miracles there except that he laid hands on a few people and healed them. And he wondered at their unbelief. And he was going around the villages teaching. Notice this, that the scriptures did not say that he could not do any great miracle. It said he could not do any great miracles there. If it had said he could not do any miracles, then the problem would have been with Jesus. Could do no miracle did not mean that he was withholding. It meant that Jesus was restrained. That thing messed with me. Sorry about that. I'm trying to keep him up. Praise God. What restrained Jesus earlier he performed now get this earlier he performed great miracles in other cities the blind saw the deaf ears were opened crippled people walking the dead was raised instances where every person that was sick were healed what was the problem man he was batting a hundred and now he comes to his hometown and he could only minister to a few what was the problem? Why were only 
a few sick healed in this city. The problem was dishonor. They were offended and they pulled Jesus down to their level. He's, Jesus literally, man, Jesus said today the scriptures is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, he was saying, I am the Messiah. And that's when they really got upset. Who do he think he is? I changed his diapers. We went to class together. His family lived next door. Jesus built our dining room table. He's just a carpenter's son. Although he was God in the flesh and was filled with the Holy Spirit without measure, dishonor coming from mere humans restrained him from moving in healing. Great miracles. But if that's not enough, I give you another story of a of, of, of dishonor. This is found in Numbers, the 12th chapter, man. It, this, this will mess with me. And, and this had to do with the first family of Israel. This had to do with the first family of Israel in Numbers 12. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. He had married a black woman. And they said, and they were talking, and they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not also spoken to us as well? Notice this thing, pulling him down to their level. Treating him as common. The scripture says, has he not spoken through us as well? And the Bible says, and the Lord heard it. Oh my God, man, you, man that, that scripture itself messed with, man, for God, for the scripture to say, and the Lord heard it. Oh man. And so the next thing happened, and the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, you three come out to the tent of meeting. As they said in one, uh, one movie, over here! That's what God said. Over here! <laughs> oh my God. So the three of them came out. And then the Bible says, then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the doorway of the tent. And he called Aaron and Miriam. And when they both came forward, now you have to understand this. Moses was in his 90s. Marrying a young black Ethiopian. <laughs> oh man. Moses was not the oldest of his siblings. He was number two. So he was like the baby boy. Miriam was about 13 years older than Moses. But the Bible said this. Because of this discussion, 
they were having in the bedroom and no one was able to hear it except Moses, except Aaron and Miriam. Oh my God. Oh man. Listen, it's the, and the Bible says, so the anger of the Lord burned against them and he departed. Now see that? I'm scared when God, when the scripture says his anger burnt. It's one thing for him to be angry, but dishonor caused his anger to burn. But when the cloud had withdrawn from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous as white as snow. And as Aaron turned towards Miriam, behold, she was leprous. And the only reason Aaron was not stricken with leprosy himself because he was involved in the conversation was because he was the high priest. God would have had to get another high priest. But seeing his sister stricken with leprosy, he cried, oh man, he cried, Aaron cried out to Moses. And guess what? With his sister, now his, they talking about Moses, but Moses is the one who turns around and cry out to the Lord. And he says, oh God, heal her, I pray. But the Lord said this to Moses. If her father had but spit in her face, would she not bear her shame for seven days? Let her be shut up for seven days outside the camp. And afterwards, may, um, and afterwards she may be received again. Basically, it was like God spat in her face. And that thing about dishonor, God heard it. And the Bible says because Moses was humble, Moses was not the one that came, that came to come around and defend himself. No. See, when you have a leader that doesn't come forth and defend himself, but goes and just worship God, when, when a Byron datum, they were talking about Moses and and, and stage division. And God knew. So while Moses was standing there, the Bible says the ground opened up and swallowed them. And then a plague started being released throughout the land. And God did the plague from the back. Because he knew if Moses had saw the plague coming, he would have stopped it dishonor that's why the scripture says honor your father mother so that it may go well with you because if it doesn't go well with you then you have dishonor and I've seen some children leave early because of dishonor I've seen I've seen parents have a hard time with their children because they cursed their parents out. They hit their parents. They did violence against their parents. I'm not talking about nobody here. Dishonor. Notice this. Miriam came up with leprosy. Dishonor causes a spiritual leprosy. Leprosy leads to isolation. What happens with leprosy, it damages your nervous system, your your flesh rots. 
and, 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 and you're not able to feel anymore. Spiritually, what happens when you have dishonor working inside of you, your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, your sensitivity to times, your sensitivity to your gift, your sensitivity to people, all of that dies down. When you lose your sensitivity, you become critical, cynical, and you start gathering people around you. The person Miriam dishonored was the only person that God would hear his prayer. No one else could intercede for Miriam. We're talking about honor. But then we have a, on another occasion, in Exodus the 4th, chapter 24th verse, journey, Moses and his family had stopped for the night. And the scripture says, and the Lord confronted Moses and was about to kill Moses. Now get this, God came to kill Moses. The same God that called Mo, called Mo, he had just told Moses he had called him to be the deliverer. Was God schizophrenic? God wanted to kill Moses. What happened, now God spent 80 years to prepare Moses for ministry and God getting ready to kill him. Now Moses told Zipporah, his wife, that he has to circumcise her two boys. She watches the oldest boy get circumcised. Ah! And you know how a baby, when a baby's screaming, ah! and the baby's shaking, ah! you know, and the baby was doing that, oh my God. And that mama sitting there watching that baby, oh my God. She looking at him like Moses, like, and Moses getting ready to touch the second son. I wish you would. <laughs> I wish you would. You come, on, you come on up here if you want to. Oh, my God. <laughs> she becomes between Moses and the youngest, Eleazar, with her hands on her hip, her neck turning, her finger pointing. No, you won't. A fight in the first family. So what happened? Moses gets fed up. And he just gives in to his wife's resistance. <laughs> That's the, that was the problem. He gave in to his wife's resistance. And God came to kill Moses because he honored his wife over honoring him. This thing about honor, God is serious about this. But seeing his life endangered, Zipporah went there, she picked up that baby, she took Moses' knife, cut it off, cut, did the circumcision, and I believe threw the mess back at Moses and said to Moses, you ain't nothing but a bloody man. You're a bloody man, a husband of blood to me. I know a man of God who did stand-up comedy one time, and I, Bishop, you and I were sitting in the meeting, and he, he began to mock a major prophet. I stopped laughing. 
I stopped laughing because <laughs> I felt something in the room. And years later, he was stricken with an incurable disease and never could prosper because of dishonor. But going back to Jesus, a centurion soldier was, now we got this scenario in the, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he was healing everybody. And then he hit this instance when he was not able to heal because of dishonor. And then Jesus got back on a roll. A centurion soldier was sick. Jesus tells the centurion, I will come to your house. And the centurion said, no, Jesus. And he said, Jesus, you just speak the word. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I tell this one that goes and to another to come. He comes. I have authority because I'm a man under authority. When Jesus heard this, man, this stuff blew my mind. Jesus, the scripture says, Jesus marveled and said to those who, 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 who um, followed, Surely, Jesus said, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not in Israel. Jesus was with John the Baptist, Mary, the 12 disciples that were with him. And Jesus said, beyond, he said, none of them, none of them. This guy who was a Roman centurion, Jesus said, had the highest faith ever. But this Roman soldier had more than faith than all of them. It was faith that was supplemented with honor that brought the miracle. So I'm telling y'all something. I've lived long enough, man. I've seen, I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, I can say this. Some of you, if, it, if your parents had not prayed for you, you would be gone. You'll be gone. You, you, you can't, you can't, you can't. Oh, man. But the miracle came to the soldier because of honor. What's the blessing of honor? Man, I love the story of Hannah. She's, to me, she's one of the most remarkable women in the Bible. Although Eli had questionable character. Because they were trying to have a baby. And she was without child. And she went, she went on a fast, she, got, she went on a fast, she started praying, and then she went to the priest, who was Eli, and the scripture says, and she was pouring out her heart before God, and he called her a drunk. 
she did not dishonor him. She could have said, did you just call me a drunk? I'll show you what a drunk is. But you know what she said? The scripture says, and she said, no, my Lord. I'm not drunk. Man, she said, no, my Lord, I'm not drunk. I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I've drunk neither wine or drink, but I was pouring out my soul before the Lord. Regard not your handmaiden as a wicked woman. Because Eli was of questionable character. And God was getting ready to take him and his sons off the map. He was getting ready to remove their family. Because Eli did not honor the Lord. But because she honored the position that Eli set in. Eli said, go in peace. The Lord has heard your prayers. In three months, she was pregnant. My God. I want you to see this pattern about honor. Honor. I've always questioned this scripture in the Bible. It says, therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Oh, my. Man, I want to make it as plain as possible. I'm not telling y'all, y'all supposed to wear these white things on your head and come walking around. <laughs> That was not what Paul meant. He said, wear the covering over your head because he was establishing a church and a church that had no order. And he spent that whole chapter talking about the, the man being the head of the woman and the man representing, representing the image of God and that the wife was the glory of the man. And then, and then after that, see, see, some of y'all already getting neck at us right now. Some of y'all already getting ready to, man, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. And then in the following verse, he says, he says, man is not, it, man is not independent of the woman. Or the woman is not independent of the man. Come on. But he said this thing about wearing the covering. And the reason why is because when a woman walks in alignment, she has authority when she prays. And the angel armies of God are behind her. If there's alignment, if there's honor, if there's honor, if there's alignment, If you're reading the book of Jude, it says, it says that, that, that uh, Michael, the archangel, he would not bring a railing accusation against Lucifer because he understood even though Lucifer was in a depraved state, he understood that he had greater rank than him. So that he didn't say, I, I rebuke you. He, he said, the Lord rebuke you.
God. That's why some of you can't get that job. That's why some of you can't get that promotion. Because of dishonor. Man, sometimes the trial that you're going through, I remember, I remember so vivid. Man, I was going through hell at work. I'm talking about with the double hockey sticks and, 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 and that exponentially. And I remember, man, man, they lied on me. They lied on me so bad. They lied. And man, I remember I, was, I got so angry, man, and God was dealing with this anger thing in me. And, um, and I remember I came in there working. I just stood in the middle of the aisle, and I said to myself, I could whip you. I could whip you. I could whip you. I could whip you. I can't whip all y'all together, but I could whip you. <laughs> and, and then I started, I said, I'm a, I'm a starter union, man. I was so angry because I did not know what to do. They reduced my hours from, from 60 hours a week, as much overtime as I wanted. They reduced my hours to 15 to 20 hours a week. Oh, God. You're talking about injustice. Oh, I remember, and Bishop Johnson was, man, was preaching about submission, was preaching about the uh, power of the position, the authority, honoring the position. In my mind, all that was gone. And all I could think about was taking folks out. I, I mean, I, mean I, I went through that. I remember coming to church so angry. I would sit in the services, man. I, could, I didn't hear nothing because I was so angry. I was in that, that dishonor zone. And I never forget. I got real tired and I realized that I was about to backslide. Backslide, I'm talking about falling in sin. I, 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 I thought about drinking. I thought, I, thought, I thought about all kinds of stuff entered my mind because I felt like there was no hope in the situation. I felt like God had deserted me. I, oh man, I, and then I never forget, I was praying and the Lord spoke to me and said that I should forgive the man who lied on me. I never forget, he said, he said forgive him. And I remember I was so tired, man, I'm, I'm, man, you, when your wife is depending on your check and you, you, don't, you can't bring nothing home because, man, you, and, 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 and literally it took me 40 hours to do my job, but they were only paying me 15 to 20 for 15 to 20 hours. And I couldn't afford to lose that job. And I just remember tears coming down my eyes. And I... I remember I asked the Lord, I, I, I forgave him. I'm getting ready to say his name. I forgave him. And I, the iciness of my heart changed. And I went to my boss because I was acting really nasty at work. And my attitude was not good. And I remember coming down and said, will you forgive me? I said this word. I said, I, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I have, man, I said, I'm wrong. 
I had no pride. It was all gone. And so, Joseph, I can't say that. He said, I forgive you. He said, I forgive you. And we were having, we were, we were having a prophetic conference here at the church. Joy started coming back into my heart. The last night, you know, I didn't get no word the whole time, but the last night, the last person, I never forget, man. And then the prophet said, you have been like Joseph. You have been in the pit. You have gone through. But I say to you, man of God, as of midnight, January 1st, your life will change forever. And he began to prophesy about full-time ministry. I did not know that God had already been talking to Bishop Johnson. But those prophets were standing up there. And I'm telling you, as of midnight, January 1st, I was brought on full-time here. But I know I would have forfeited had I stayed in that place. And I remember Landon McDonald told Bishop Johnson, he said, you need to check, make sure you check his, his, uh, his um, um, what do you call that, um, evaluations. And, and I was concerned, man, because... Because really, I was concerned. I said, now this is going to really keep me from getting it now. And, 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 and so Joe mailed it to Bishop Johnson. i never forget it. Before that happened, Joe brought me to his office. He said, after all this went on, Joe said, oh man, why am I pronouncing his name? <laughs> he, he said... I, he said this to me. He said, you're the person who lied on you. It's, it's all out now. It's revealed. And then he asked me, what do you want me to do to him? And that was the biggest test. And I thought about all the children he had. And I said, Joe, don't take his hours. Don't take his job from him. And I left it at that. And walked out the office. And Joe mailed Bishop Johnson my evaluations, and it was superior. Because I had all superior up to then. What I'm sharing with you, it's been a journey. The path to promotion was honor. I remember when I called strife between two national leaders in the body of Christ. Caused strife between two leaders in the body of Christ. I remember, oh my God. It was the words in my mouth. Ah, Lord, have mercy. And Bishop Johnson told me, 
I need to get on the phone. And in his office, I had to call both of them. I called one man. I was, I was so scared. Oh my God. <laughs> and and I I had to say it in a way where all the responsibility was left to me. And it was very clear to each of those men of God that I had repented. And after that, I had greater esteem in their eyes. The path to promotion is honor. Oh, man, don't, do, do you see it? Won't talk to you about David. I believe the way I want to close But the scripture says, far be it from me, the Lord says, for those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. So you can fast and pray. You can, you can call on Jesus' name. But some of you, the reason why you've been stuck is because of your and because of dishonor. Jesus said, he who receives me, receives him who sent me. Jesus said, I tell you, you will not see me again until you say blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Jesus is saying he who honors whomever I send honors me King David was tested I'm going to go through that story but he was tested we'll do that on another occasion but he was tested in this area of honor his promotion to the highest position in the land. The honor that came to David, my God. Even in eternity, one will sit on the throne from his lineage, who is Christ. Oh my God, because of honor. He passed the test of honor. I remember years ago, Metro, notice this, I'm closing this up. I remember years ago at Metro, we honored Bishop Johnson. We honored him with the car. I mean, I mean all of us, man, it was, man, we would have church yeah, you ever seen a situation you, you leave the church and half of the parking lot still there? You ever had a situation when you, you drive, you, you turn, you crank the car up and you take the key out and the car's still going? <laughs> For about five or ten minutes. 
Have you ever had a situation where, man, you're praying the whole time you're coming to church? Come on, God, Oh, please don't stop. Please don't stop, man. Please don't stop. You had to stop. Like, oh, God, please, man. I remembered when we corporately came together. We were not compelled, was not forced. It was just an offering of honor. And I remembered when that car was put in his hands. Within a year, the entire church parking lot was changed. The Lord changed that situation. I remember when most of us were living in apartments We honored the servant. And next thing you know, all throughout the congregation, people's jobs started changing. People started getting promotions. Oh my God. Oh man, it, it, y'all, y'all you, you don't understand. Everything radically changed. Because of honor. Now, before you start putting your mouth on this, I caution you. Oh, man. There are people who contracted spiritual leprosy. Some left and have done better because they honor the leader. Come on, son. The body of Christ is bigger than Metro, so it's, it's bigger than Metro. But then there were some who left and they dishonored. Isolation, loss of sensitivity, not able to talk, not able to think. Oh man. But then there were some among us, the Lord lifted and made them multi millionaires from out of this congregation, from his minister. The Lord reminded me. And this is what the Lord said to me. He said, Bishop Johnson, there's a man, his name is C, I may not pronounce it, Dr. C. Thomas. In his congregation, raised up. Within five years' time, he raised up 87 millionaires in this church. What happened was they saw him different.
And the grace was on him to pour into their vision, to pour into their gifts. And they rose. And the Lord says, Bishop Johnson, that cycle has come again. That cycle has come again. You thought it was going to come through you, but the Lord says, I'm going to raise up men and women around you. I'm going to raise up men and women around you. I'm going to raise up men and women around you. As you pour vision, as you pour my word, as you stir the gift of wisdom I've given you, the Lord says, as you pour it out, pour it out, pour it out, pour it out, pour it out upon them, they will rise. And the Lord says, because of the word I've given you regarding Abraham, I will release Release my angels to work with you and the prayers you speak over them and the work they do. And I will raise them up. And out of this house, I will raise up men and women of notoriety who will sit on every seat in the seven mountains. I will place them there. I will call songs and music to come out. That, that literally, you thought the cap was on the well. But the Lord says, you're going to see more music come out from this house. The Lord said make a demand make a demand on the psalmist lay your hands upon them and make a demand make a demand make a demand and the Lord says oh my God as you do this you will not lose you will simply grow and I will bring representatives from every mountain into this house and you will see a great people built here Poets, painters, artists, playwriters, scientists, mathematicians, engineers. I'm going to cause men and women to migrate to this house as the wisdom of God pours forth from you. You have said in your heart, Lord, I know I'm supposed to write. What am I supposed to write? The Lord says, as you sit there, just write whatever comes to your mind. Just write it, write it, write it, write it. And a river shall flow from your pen, and it will be wisdom. And you will find yourself, as you speak, as you teach, the Lord says, make sure the writers are with you so that they may pen and write what comes out of your lips. Because what was upon Solomon is upon you. The word of wisdom, the mantle of wisdom, is come upon you. You were known, you were known in seasons past. Not your singing, it was your wisdom I placed on you. And now I'm stirring it again. And it will simply flow from you. For I've heard your prayers. So my last statement this Metro will we pass the test will will we pass the test this month is a month we've designated 
to honor Bishop Johnson. 75 years on earth. 50 years in ministry. And we'll ask uh, the, the celebration we're going to have. It's going to be great. It's going to be powerful. Man, people are coming from everywhere. But the question is this. Will we pass the test? And the test has to do, I'm wondering what will come through us corporately honoring Bishop Johnson. I don't want you to feel like you forced. You don't need to feel like you, 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 you don't, that, that's not in this. This has to be done by the Holy Spirit stirring your heart. If the Holy Spirit don't stir your heart, don't worry about it. 